Hello, friends, and welcome to the Now in Zen podcast. This episode is sponsored by the Goo Goo Sleep Company and by Dream Drive. How do you define the difference between service and hospitality? Service is something that is done to you. You go to a restaurant, get shown your table, your table is ready, sit down, it's pleasant enough. The order is taken, the food comes out on time, and you leave. And that's good service. You know, you, you've had a good night. It's a promise. Yes, that's right. Exactly. And then hospitality is something that's done for you. It's the feeling that you get. Hospitality can only happen if you feel that those people are on your side. If I can do an irregular order for them, or I can um, make them feel a little bit more special, or make them leave happier than when they came in, that's what hospitality is. Love it. Explore Japan in comfort and ease with Dream Drive. Rent a customized camper van to go camping, take nature hikes, relax at onsens, or just discover the many beautiful places less traveled around Japan. Dream Drive has various camper vans for solo travelers and families and is more affordable than trains and hotels as it's only one price per night. Go to dreamdrive.life to plan your next Japan adventure. Enter the coupon code ZEN and receive a sweet discount when making your customized camper van reservation. Dream Drive, the hotel on wheels. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. When dining out in Tokyo, the restaurant options for delicious food and excellent service are extensive. But one restaurant chain where you can't go wrong is the Tyson's Group. You probably know them from their acclaimed restaurants, Shikata, Ivy Place, Smokehouse, and the iconic and extremely popular T.Y. Harbor Brewery. If you have dined at any of these restaurants, you are most likely impressed with their unique level of personalized service, or as they refer to it as global omotenashi. Today I speak with Brendan Kelly, the Hospitality Communication Manager for Tyson's and Company, and for the past five years has been instilling hospitality and good old-fashioned service among the staff at all the Tyson's restaurants. Hospitality is difficult to teach and even harder to maintain consistency. In this episode, you will hear from Brendan insights on mentoring, what is global omotenashi, and the great story about how and why he invented his position and title, and also the challenges of empowerment in Japanese hospitality. Direct from Tokyo, this is Now in Zen with Hospitality Communication Manager, Brendan Kelly. Brendan Kelly, yes. welcome to the Now in Zen podcast. Cheers. Thank you very much for the invitation. Is this the first time for you to be on a podcast? It is. Are you nervous? Excited. Excited? Yes. When you get nervous, I always change that around to the word excitement, because I get nervous a lot, you know, uh, you know when, you're, when you've got a big night on or something, so instead of saying, gosh, I'm nervous, I always change it, gosh, I'm so excited that we've got, we've got a full, fully booked restaurant tonight, or, gee, I'm excited that today's Thanksgiving and, and we've got to turn this place three times. Instead of getting nervous, I try to change that around to excitement, yep. because it's exactly the same feeling. You get, you get the sweaty palms and the, the heart starts going, so your body doesn't know, but you, your body just thinks, yep, I'm excited now. Well, you just mentioned about restaurant turns, turning three times, yes. turning two times, whatever. Your title is Hospitality Communication Manager. That's right. So how much of the business side do you actually get into? Hospitality is a big part of the business. I'm not the dollars and cents or the yen and yen sort of side. 
But I still see that hospitality does bring in the end. Like without the hospitality, people don't come back. People come to a, a restaurant for the reason of the food or for the ambiance or for the location or the reputation. But the reason they come back is because of the hospitality they receive. So that's my job. Although I'm not pouring over the books or I'm not part of the P&L statement meetings or anything like that, but I see myself or, and as, as the role as being very important to, to the bottom line. It Absolutely. It makes people come back. So your title is Hospitality Communication Manager. Mm. Did you create that title for yourself? I did. I did. Myself and my president sat down one day after I had finished managing one of our restaurants called Krista. I was about to move on to my next, my next stage of my career here at Tyson's. And he said, what do, you want, what do you think you should do? What title should we make it? Shall we make it service manager or customer relations manager? But they all sound a bit too stiff for me. And I don't really like the word service. In my mind, is more of the operations side and how to do step one, step two, step three. Whereas hospitality is an art. You're an artist and you're moving with the flow and you're moving every, every customer is different. And there's no step-by-step in hospitality. That's right. I think this, uh, this company has a very unique style of hospitality in Japan. We, we are trying to get that balance between the, the omoto nashi and the, the Western style. And so that's where the communication part came in. And, and I do a lot of communication on our intranet, our internal social media. So you're the hospitality communication manager for all of the Tyson's restaurants. That's right. Yes. Okay. I noticed on the website that you talk about that and that you want to implement Tyson's philosophy or the mm-hmm. Tyson's way. Yes. What is that? Tyson's way is the service flow of how we want a customer, all done from the customer's point of view, how we want the customer to feel and be served when they come into Tyson's. However, my job is to put the spice on top of that. You know, you, you can make a, a customer feel or a guest feel a little bit better than, than just getting the regular service. So that's my job is to put the spice on top of what's already good service. It's my opinion that you can't really teach no. hospitality. Mm. Either one has it in their DNA mm-hmm. or they don't. That's right. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. It's very difficult to teach hospitality. It's like teaching swimming. You can't do it until you, you actually dive into the pool. So I've got to be the person who's doing it in front of everyone. The first two years of my career here, I was basically just... I was walking around showing people how to do it rather than what to do. This is the way you have to do it. Because if I wrote it down or started ordering people, no, you have to change. Well, there is no checklist hospitality. That's right. In hospitality, one size fits one. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Feel feel free to use it. No, I I will. I'm (laughs) I'm mentally writing that down now. (laughs) One size fits one. When did you come up with that? I didn't come up with that. Okay. (laughs) I wish I did. Okay. Did you ever read the book Setting the Table by Danny Meyer? Yes. It comes from that It comes from that? Okay. Yes. It's very difficult to teach hospitality, but I don't give up on people that I don't think have it, who don't have it in their DNA. So my job is not to give up on those people. The hospitality program, which myself and and my colleagues have come up with, is more of a discussion-based program rather than a hospitality course. Because a course sounds like there's a whiteboard and me saying these three steps of what you've right. got to follow to do hospitality. It doesn't work like that. It does not. I had to think of another way. and I thought a hospitality program is probably the best way where we can get the staff to sit down, a group of staff to sit down and us to lead a discussion about hospitality. 
what does hospitality mean to you and go around the room and get them to discuss it and and how can we make hospitality better here and what are sometimes you've experienced great hospitality that kind of discussion then can spark some people who maybe it's been dormant inside them it may spark it and think oh i can do this i can extend myself a little bit and give that customer the feeling that you know that that they want to come back again but it sounds like empowered yes hospitality yes japan is a very process oriented rule based group think society so how do you instill this empowered hospitality that's a very good question because it it reminded me of disruption and and harmony and i think my presence in this company does kind of disrupt the step by step service manual my job is to get the balance between that disruption and that harmony but i've also got to be the guy that says actually you can do a little bit extra and you do that by empowering the staff mm-hmm. by telling them that you can do step 4 before you can do step 1 for example some restaurants and probably we've had this in many restaurants you go and sit down and you get the menu and it's 35 degrees outside and you get the menu and you sit there awaiting and the waiter comes over and takes your order and then you get a glass of water and you think wow that glass of water would have really done really nicely if as soon as i sat down whereas me i say look if it's 35 degrees outside and someone just sat down put water on their table straight away they've just walked from the train station you know think about that feeling of the customer and that's empowering so you give people permission to leave the the rules and regulations it's just thinking about how can i make the customer feel a bit better that's how i empower people yeah there is no japanese word for the empowerment there's that's no right. direct translation yeah. do you know the japanese word kikubari kikubari no. means the art of anticipation oh So mm-hmm. kikubari would be in your example of the water they just walk from the station it's 35 degrees out mm. they're hot and sweating they sit down they probably want water before they want the menu that's right that's that's kikubari that's kikubari okay it's one of those japanese words cultural japanese words that doesn't really have an exact english translation mm. kind of mm. like omotenashi so the other word the closest word to empowerment in japanese is jiko sekinin Okay, yes, yes. Which means like personal responsibility. responsibility But it yeah. really doesn't mean anything close to empowerment. Mm. Just kind of means like taking responsibility. Mm. So I think if there was a Japanese word that combined kikubari yes. and jikosekinin, that would be mm. empowerment. Empowerment. Yeah. I'm very lucky to work for a company whose president's philosophy and way of thinking is exactly the same as mine, especially with hospitality. And so he gives me who is empowered me to mm-hmm. be able to empower the staff. So that makes it a little Sweet. bit more easier. Nice. And yeah. uh, when I spoke to him about it, it was the first word that came out of his mouth. He said, "Okay, staff need to be more empowered." Yeah. I am in the consumer goods industry mm-hmm. and we often say retail is detail, but you could say something similar about maintaining a consistent level of hospitality. How do you do that? That's the 64 million dollar question. How do you do it? I have the mindset that we we are able to be part of the experience. We are able to be part. We I do allow people to be part of of somebody's evening. It's un-Japanese to be part of somebody's evening unless you're invited in. So unless the customer asks you questions, the Japanese will not respond. So 
Whereas I say, no, I want you to be more proactive. I want you to be more active in your communication and you offer your favorites on the menu and you offer your favorites on the drink menu and say why you like those. So how do we keep that consistent? Is just to allow them to be simple, allow them to, to create their own hospitality. So hospitality isn't something for them to be scared of or fear or thinking, am I sort of intruding to the customer's meal? Am I being a jammer? What, does the customer really want me there? You will find out in the first five or ten seconds if a customer doesn't want you there. They, they will ask your first question, answer your first question. Mm, yeah, like if you say, hi guys, how are you tonight? Is everything good? Very hot today. They might just say, mm, yeah. Yeah. And you say, okay, I'll keep away. Then you just treat them with a nice smile every time you come to the table. Some guests love to interact mm. with the waitstaff. Yes. Some guests want to be left alone. Yes. So one person's hospitality is another person's intrusiveness. That's right. Is that how you teach that difference? I the do. Kind of the first interaction? The first contact. I say it's the first 10 seconds. It couldn't even be less than that, but it's the very first. Before you give out the menu, treat them like a human being, ask them how their night is, how their day is, talk about something that's on the table or that's outside. If they're already having a drink, say how you're enjoying a drink, or if it's cold outside, or there's sakura outside, or it's snowing, or it's 35 degrees, you can talk a little bit about the weather, and that's always a good indication of how much does that customer want to react with you. And in the first 10 seconds, you will find out whether they just want to have a business meal, or they have a very serious discussion between a you know, husband and wife, or it's four guys who just want to have a good night. Yeah. You find that out in the first 10 seconds. Hospitality is an art. You do have to read human beings a little bit. You have to be a little bit of a psychologist, a little bit of a doctor at the same time, a little bit of a, an artist, a little bit of a performer. I reckon it would be a combination of everything, like everything in life. You, you take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and, and create your own style. Yeah, well, culture is about tendencies. It's not absolutes, right? That's true. That's true. How many years have you worked for Tyson's? Uh, five years. I've been in Japan for 15 years. The first 10 years, I was working with a um, consulting company, and we taught lessons on leadership, training. My specialty was in small team motivation, because I'd already had a hospitality background in Australia and, and earlier trips to Japan. Cut a long story short, I really wanted to get back. The fire was still burning, and I thought, how am I going to get back into hospitality? Mm -hmm. And I was a fan of Tyson's. I've been going to their establishments for many years, and, and I love this group so much, and I thought, do I want to work there, or do I want to keep that as still my, place, my special place that I go right. to? But I thought, no, they actually, I really enjoy the service there. I love the people there, and that's the kind of place I want to work at. Were they advertising for staff, or did you just go there proactively and say, I want to work for you? I turned up to what was then Beacon with my resume, and, and I was quite friendly with the assistant manager there. And I rang ahead of time, and I said, can I see Nagatomo-san outside, please? And they thought, oh my god. He'd only dined here a week ago. Maybe he had food poisoning or something. Maybe he's angry or something or the service was bad. And he came out. So he said, I can still remember him going, oh, are you okay? Is everything okay? I said, and I pulled out my resume from my pocket. I said, I want to work here. And he said, oh, my God. And he didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. So he ran inside, rang human resources and said, I have a resume here from a, from a regular guest, but he's got hospitality experience. Can we interview him? And then that's how... It all, it all started. It was just me approaching the restaurant. Yep. And then in the interview, they said, what do you want to do? Do you want to be a waiter? Do you want to be a restaurant manager? And I was 47 at the time. And I said, no, I've done all that. I've ticked all those boxes. 
I said, I want to be the guy that kind of walks around and, and pats people on the back and shakes their hand and smiles and asks them how they're going and, and do that to the staff as well, make them all feel good about their work. And I remember them saying, well, unfortunately, we don't have a job like that. Make it. And then one thing led to another. They didn't make it straight away because, you know, that would be very un-Japanese for them to, right. to put that you know, job in, into my lap straight away. But, you know, I worked sure. here for a little while. I worked as an albaito for three months. And you worked the, as a, a part-timer for yeah, three part-timer. months. Yeah, part-timer. What did you do? I was working in, just as a waiter in, uh, in Beacon. I was vacuuming floors at three o'clock in the afternoon and as a 47-year-old and uh, thinking, have I made the right decision? But always believed in hospitality and believed in this industry and believed in this company. Okay, me. so what was the break that got you from sweeping floors to being the hospitality communication manager? There was a gentleman by the name of Joseph, and I, he's, still my, uh, he's still my mentor. He used to be the, the vice president of this company. He used to have a restaurant here in Tokyo called Il Forno, back in Roppongi. And yeah, so, it was, yeah. Uh, it was right behind the yeah, Hard Rock Cafe. Exactly, exactly. That's so where that, Mario Fattoli exactly. got started. Yes, and so Joseph created that, and he was also part of Tyson's. The day I was working at brunch in, in Beacon, Joseph was here, and he was, I didn't know who he was, and he just said to me, who are you? And I said, oh, my name is Brendan. He said, let's meet on your break. Tell me all about service. What do you know about service? So we had a long meeting, a two-hour meeting, and he said, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't want to be a waiter, and I don't really want to be a restaurant manager. I want to do something a bit more along the lines of hospitality. He said, leave it to me. You know, I had to go back to restaurant managing a little bit, for a while, I, I managed Krista for a while. I managed, um, then January 2019, I then became the hospitality communications manager. Wow. We all know getting a great sleep is important. And this is what Gugu is all about. Super comfortable mattresses at very affordable prices and delivered to your home for free. They back up their best sleep ever promise with a 100-night money-back guarantee. Learn more at gugu.jp and enter the coupon code ZEN for your 20% discount. Gugu, better sleep, better you. In North America, when you go to a restaurant, you ask the waiter or the waitress, what do you recommend? Yes. They often say, this is my favorite yes. and I recommend this. Uh-huh. When you're in Europe, they often say, this is fresh. Or, Uh this is what the chef made special for today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In Japan, when you ask the waitstaff, what do you recommend? Mm. Do you know what they say? Well, I I don't know because all I keep on thinking is what I teach them. What what is your experience? There's usually two answers. Okay. One is, this is popular. Oh, yes, yes. They don't answer the question. They say, this is popular. Uh Or they say, I recommend everything. (laughs) Yes. Okay. What do you teach? I teach the the Australian slash American style. So therefore, I always say this is my favorite. And my favorites on the menu are this way. Like if you, we recommend sharing. My favorites are this, this, this. The menu is just the map. I teach these guys, you're the navigator. Navigate them through. Take as much out of the customer's mind as possible. They, they've had a hard day at work, 10 hours at work, and they don't want to come and look over a menu and think, what, what do I order here? If you're having craft beer, this goes very well with craft beer, these three things, or um, you can share this, or you can, have, you can split this amongst the group. So you tell people how yeah. to navigate rather yeah. than just telling them what's popular. Exactly. You know? I like that. Because sometimes menus are just overwhelming. That's true, yeah. 
guests can get embarrassed if they don't know if they if they can't confidently navigate that map read that menu they feel quite silly in front of their their partner or their business partners so that's why probably the concept of course menu is so strong in japan dining out eating out is, is an experience and that's what it's got to be we, we sell experience we don't sell food or or wine or beer we sell experiences and just so happens that food and wine and beer comes out from the kitchen we're very lucky because that's a very good complement to our experience how do we give that experience by making the those customers feel like they're at home and feel like that we're on their side and feel like that they're very comfortable and they didn't have to do a thing and they left full and they left happy yeah the best comment to receive from a customer at the end is not it's tonoshikatta you want them to have a good time rather than just being full yeah it's not saying thank you for the meal it's saying I had a great time I had a great time exactly and that, I think that's the difference between hospitality going back to your very first question hospitality yep. and service yep. that creation of that experience and that knowledge that you we are experienced creators here experienced creators I like that's it I tell my staff yep. if you can look for peaks you don't in hospitality it doesn't mean you have to be a performer they look at me and they say oh, Brendan I can't do what you do you're an, you're an outgoing guy you go up and you can start a conversation easily like that and, and I can't do that I say okay just look for a couple of peaks in there. Look for something when you're, how you can connect with that, that customer. At yep. that moment, just get a couple of those. And yep. then at the end of the night, make sure you walk outside and you wave goodbye to them. Give them the shop card or give them your card and say, anytime you want to come in again, please ask for me. They will remember that. They will totally remember that. Yes. And so if you've got those two peaks and a little bit of a good ending, that's hospitality. That's all I'm asking for. Okay, if you can do five or ten peaks in that, <laughs> man, you, yeah. you're, you're amazing. You're a superstar. But all I'm asking for is two. Yep. And that can That's just cool. be your, your, the way you communicate or the way you navigated the person through the menu or the, the recommendation of, of the beers and the matching. Yep. And then, you know, at the end, you, you, you recommended a lovely dessert. Or, and they didn't feel like a dessert, but you said, don't worry, you can share this one. And they ended up sharing a dessert. So you, you put a little bit of personal touch in there. The old-fashioned yep. personal service comes back again. Yeah. And then that leaves a lasting That's message. one of the things that's in Danny Meyer's book, yes. Setting the Table. Mm. To spend 10 minutes a day or 10 minutes a night, Mm -hmm. just dedicate yourself to do three things Mm. that are above and beyond Mm. that you would normally do. But it's baby steps. Yes. Every journey begins with a step. So if you you put in your mindset that you're going to spend 10 minutes tonight to make three tables Mm. or three guests or whatever it is, Mm. to just try to do your best to go above and beyond what you normally do. That's a great start. Yes, exactly. Now, you tell me when you need a beer, and I'll, uh, I'll get that for you straight away. Oh, let's get it right now. Yep. Okay. Sure. What do you start off with, a pale ale or an IPA or a half-half? I'm going to start with a pale ale. Pale ale. Are you working today? No. No? This is my okay. day off. Okay. Two pale ale, please. Yes. Okay. Wow, well, that answers my question. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you're having a beer. If I'm working, then I wouldn't be able to sort of sit down and... and but it's custom in Japan where... Usually the chef, hmm. but sometimes the waiter or yeah. whoever runs the restaurant, the customer will buy a drink yes. for the owner of the restaurant oh, yes, yes, or yes. for somebody. That happens a lot. What happens here? We never say no. That's, that's all part of the custom of hospitality. There you go. Yeah. Do you sit down with them? How, how does that work? Very rare occasions. Yeah. So if they buy you a beer mm-hmm. and you're you know, the, the hospitality communication manager, you're yep. walking around mm-hmm. and, oh, hey, Brendan, how's it going? Long Very time good. no see. Yeah. Can I buy you a beer? 
Sure. Okay. So then you just bring it over? Or how does Put it there work? on the side of the table. Yep. Then I come and have a sip. Okay. How's everything going, guys? Everything all right? How you been? Then go do my rounds again a couple of times, then come back to it again. And, ah, I and, see. Uh, and tell the staff, there's a beer on the corner of the table. Do not remove it. Okay? That is okay. mine. It is a custom that you see a lot in Japan, like sushi chefs often uh, are yeah. offered drinks and uh, bartenders are offered drinks and everyone, everyone, it is part of that culture. Mm, that is a tasty beer. It is, isn't it? Yes, the yeah. Indian Pale Ale. You know where the name Indian Pale Ale comes from? Yes, I, I know one story. Is it well, let's when, hear your story Is first. it when the British were sailing over to India and they took the Pale Ale with them and it was going off? because of the length of the journey and they said oh, we better put some more hops in this right. because we want to drink this pale ale in India yeah. and then it became a very hoppy Indian pale ale perfect is yes that the, that's, that's that the story, story? okay because that, that's the story I tell all the customers they all love it and they yeah. say, then they order a large one oh <laughs> that's part of my marketing <laughs> yeah that's the story I heard too and I've heard it a couple times so would, yeah is there another one out there is there I don't know no. only, but, only if there was a way to like look that up I wonder. We should go to a library. We should. We, yeah. get, we should get our Encyclopedia Britannica or something. This is a great example mm. of empowered hospitality. Mm. So I like your pale ale. I like your IPA. Okay. So one time I was at one of your restaurants and I said, hey, could I mix these two? Okay. And without saying, mm. or mm. saying, oh, uh, I have to go ask somebody. Yeah, sure. Sure. And that's very rare. A little bit sort of more <laughs> the IPA than the pale. <laughs> like, could you get it like, you know, 53, yeah, yeah, 47? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I'm just no, joking. No, but, but and you know what? If you did it, I could see the guy over there trying it. Oh, okay. uh, I could see, I could see him over there, and I know him, and I, he's a bit of a scientist. Oh, is he? And he'd like to work that out for you. He's a mad um, scientist. Yes. I was actually thinking that when when I first met you, and I heard I heard you ask for a half half. I was actually thinking, I was so proud, yeah. because I know. Sometimes in this country, that would be a no. If they said no, you would understand it. 99%. But that's that 1% that I'm worried about. That 1% of you going, but they could have done it. Yeah. And that would be inside you. Yeah. You wouldn't say it, and you would never probably tell anyone, but it would still be inside you. And that's the 1% I worry about. Because at the end of the day, you want the customer to have a good time. That's right. Exactly. They remember things like yes, that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's it. That whole remembering those little stories... You have a story. You go back to your office or you go back home and you can tell yep. that story. What did you do last night? I went off to Tyson's or I went off to Apollo. Or I went off to Chow Bamboo. Or I went off to whatever restaurant it was. And, oh, how was it? It was great. They did this for me. You mention that. You say that to your friends. You say that to your family. And that, that creates the, the vibe of the restaurant. That creates the brand of the restaurant. I'm Absolutely. I have a good friend of mine. He runs an Italian restaurant. Okay. And he said that when people come for a special occasion, he always gives them free dessert. And he says, because at the end of the day, giving somebody some free cake, it's flour and sugar. Sugar. Okay? Yes. yes. And what I get from that is I get that person going to work the next day. Mm. Oh, you went out for your birthday. Mm. What did you do? Oh, we went to this restaurant and I mm. got this cake. Mm. Or, you know, maybe they take a photo and they put it on social media. Mm. I mean, the positive effect far outweighs the cost. Mm. True. Your father was in the hospitality industry. How did this influence your approach to hospitality? Well, my father was a pharmacist. And so, which is in the hospitality industry, there's a lot of hospitality in pharmacy. He ran a shop at King's Cross in Sydney, and King's yeah. Cross is 
back in the 70s and 80s, it was a very seedy joint. Yeah, it, probably a lot of penicillin was being uh, <laughs> a lot distributed. Of, a lot of, yes, yes. Or dispensed. <laughs> dispensed. After school, I would go up there, you know, when I was nine or ten years old and just see this, this new world. It was, it was full of rock stars and drug addicts and corrupt policemen and, and businessmen and um, movie stars. But my father treated everyone fairly so from a very young age I got taught how to treat people fairly rather than equally and there's a bit of a difference between fairness and equal equal is that everyone's treated exactly the same way but dad treated people on their merits and he saw you know he saw people needed a little extra love and a little extra care and so I learned a lot from my father uh, above the dispensary I still remember in his own handwriting he wrote good old-fashioned personal service and that was his motto. So he said that's what he wants to bring into his pharmacy mm-hmm. and to the kind of customers you don't really think would respond to hospitality. You know, people who were, who, who were sick, people who had run away from home, people who were prostitutes, people who were drug addicts, heroin addicts back in those days. My father was the first person ever to sell syringe, distilled water and a clean spoon for heroin addicts in yep. Sydney. And um, sharing of needles was a, a, a big way of, you know, that kind of sense of, of humanity really taught me a lot about, uh, about what hospitality is. So, you know, although a pharmacy doesn't sound like the hospitality business, it was a great grounding in hospitality. A simple smile, a simple handshake, empathetic ear yes. goes a long way. Oh, totally. You didn't want to be a pharmacist? No, no. I, did, I, I looked at that and said, thanks, Dad. Great grounding. I'll, I'll go somewhere else in my life. That's fabulous. Have you ever gone out to some competitors' restaurants mm-hmm. and come across a great weight person and tried to steal them, steal them. or yeah. headhunt them? Yeah. Go shopping. Go shopping, yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. I don't like to, to do it. One of the reasons why is because I do have some of my own favorite restaurants that I like to go to, and I like the weight stuff there. And I think, wait a minute, on my day off, I don't want to be coming here and he's not here anymore because I enjoy him being here. I enjoy her, 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 her greeting me, or I enjoy this bartender. I want them still to be here. So I don't want to become their boss. I still like to be, to be there, to have that customer, waiter, bartender relationship with them. So... I haven't really done it too many times. Yeah. I've done it, but, you know, and some people have come across, but on, on a whole, I, I try to keep, keep, my, keep my work and my private separate, and I, yeah. I enjoy going out. That's a good policy. Makes sense. Yes. What's one of your favorite restaurants in Tokyo? It's the food, the atmosphere, the hospitality. That's not one of the Tyson oh. restaurants. Can I say I haven't had it yet? Really? When I do go out, I go out to some of my favorite restaurants are just a little in the corner of a side street. One of my favorite restaurants is a place called Chao Bamboo. It's in a Montesando. No hospitality, great food, but one of my favorite places. I like to go to the Transit Group. They have Apollo. They're Australian. They're Australian. So Apollo's Australian and Fratelli's Australian. Long grain. Long grain. So I go there for a little bit of taste of home. And the the hospitality there is, is, is fantastic. Is it because they know me? I don't know. But the only place I've ever walked out of thinking uh, we've lost our hospitality was the Ritz-Carlton. That's the only place I've ever walked out well, of that's, going... That, that's a five-star hotel. Yeah, They've got it over us. But as you said, they are a five-star hotel. In Tokyo, you've got to have a high standard. So I, I believe that our staff here have a high standard. When I go to similar standard restaurants, I think, yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're doing a good job. That's what I'm trying to do, is trying to keep the omotenashi 
I love that. It's steeped in tradition. It's, it's all about preparation. It's all about the detail. And it's all about... Uh, so you like that word, omotenashi? I, I, tag, I put the word global before it, just so because that's what I'm after. I, I like the fact that whenever we get a new person in here, they've already been indoctrinated into their omotenashi. You don't have to train them from zero or minus 20. But they're already at a certain level. Right. And so I like that part of it. But then I say, okay, guys, there's a whole new world out there. That's where I come in. We have this thing called hospitality, and it's those little bits of spices that we put on top of there. This is one of my pet peeves about restaurants in Japan. Mm-hmm. Often they bring one menu for one table. Okay. Why is that? Even if there's a group of yes. four people, they bring one menu for mm-hmm. one table. Okay. I have a little bit of a theory on this. I've never asked the reason. They may feel there is a host and a guest at the table, and the host is in charge, and they don't want to embarrass the guest. This is the way it should go. Yeah. I've heard that theory Mm. before. Yeah. I've heard another theory. It brings all the guests together. Look at the menu together, and you exchange ideas. It's kind of the group consensus. That's right. It's a group decision-making it's, society. Yeah. So you can, if it's a restaurant, especially where you share food, yes. Yes. then they really just bring one menu. They do, yeah. But yeah, you're right. There is that group dynamics. What has been your greatest accomplishment? I would say there's been a, a couple of times where I'm actually very, very proud of what I've done. And one was staff-related. Uh, I've spotted staff and seeing them to have potential and maybe staff around them or other managers around them thought maybe, oh no, they're, you know, they're a bit rough around you at the edges, but I can see that little sort of diamond inside that rough edge nurtured those staff. So I've, I, I like seeing those people grow in the company and still be here and still improving themselves. Um, I also really enjoyed working f- uh, with the Rugby World Cup. We did a lot of big parties for, for teams and for s- sponsors and for different types of uh, media organizations to, to serve 350 South Africans on the day of the final. Wow. And that was mad. That was crazy. Here in Tokyo. Where was this? That was uh, at Tiwai Harbour. At Tiwai, okay. We had, they had the whole of the terrace and the whole of River Lounge, and they, nice. they booked that out. And they were all wearing their, their Springboks jerseys. and Drinking a lot of beer, I would imagine. Drinking a lot of, they found out that we had vodka on the menu, <laughs> and they said, can you do a screwdriver for me? For some reason, the whole of the terrace was just everyone drinking screwdrivers. Wow. There was a lot of vodka going down, but, uh, but it was almost being poured like water in the end. It was, it was, it was a great day because they, they, they were only there for an hour and a half, and then they had to go off to Yokohama by bus. And for, their, for their match? For, for their match. And so, whoa, 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 whoa. They weren't drinking vodka before their match. No, they, this was the supporters group, not the oh, team. okay. Yeah, yeah, not the team. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I don't want to incriminate anyone. <laughs> Um, people enjoyed themselves. Yeah. They left and they smiled and they said, thanks for your hospitality, Brendan. And I like hearing that. That, over any monetary or business or huge event, is, is, is the buzz for me. That's yep. why I do this. Yeah. Exactly. Excellence is a journey, not a destination. True, true. Brendan, is there anything you want to talk about or you want to mention or highlight about... Tyson's or about hospitality or anything? I think the way that Tyson's performed during COVID was very special. You know, like we stayed open during the state of emergency. And the only reason why we stayed open was because our president wanted to pay all 650 staff. 
Nice. Not, we didn't let one staff member go. And that, for me, that's our proudest moment, is to work in a company that thought of people first. CEOs and presidents and leaders can all say, my people are my greatest asset. But until everything hits the fan, is it true or not? then this is when I, I thought, wow, the leadership in this company is strong. It's when you walk the talk. That's right. And that's when I said, this is the company I want to work for. And that's why, you know, the, the staff here are so much a part of it. I, I'm, just the, I'm just the conductor and I, I give them the empowerment. I can't make everyone a little Brendan. All I can do is give them the power to be able to make people feel good. Cheers. On that note, cheers. Brendan, thank you very much. Thank you. Very enlightening. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. And that, my friends, was Brendan Kelly, Hospitality Communication Manager for all the great restaurants within the Tyson's Group. If you ever go out to Ivy Place in Daikanyama, Cicada, Smokehouse, or T.Y. Harbor Brewery, ask for Brendan. He will be more than happy to chat, suggest something special, and maybe even offer a mixed craft beer. Either way, you are sure to have a memorable experience. If this episode was a memorable experience, please leave a comment and a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and until next time, cheers, everyone. Cheers.